Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Welcome to Artistry, where art meets industry. We are Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Happy Wednesday, folks. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to Artistry Podcast, where we are joined by visual and performing artists or arts administrators to discuss their creative journey. If you are already a subscriber, welcome back. Today's guest is an American contemporary artist recognized for his graffiti deconstructive approach to abstract expressionism, utilizing his understanding of space and songwriting from his early years as a graffiti writer, music maker, and graphic designer. Uh, Bisco strips his compositions to their fundamental essence of motion and rhythm while channeling the energy of a moment through gestural marks and abstracted lyrical texts, reimagining the executive and abstract expressionist painting through his unique contemporary lens. He aims to create art that inspires hope for the future. Over the past decade, he has painted murals and performed live across the globe. Uh, he has partnered with creative brands, including Nike, R.E.D., M.C.M., Coach, Adidas, S.L.S., Hotels, and Hype Beat, Beast, rather. With a resume of solo and group exhibitions in New York, Los Angeles, Tokyo, London, Miami, Berlin, Seattle, Hong Kong, among many others, he works. His work are sought after by private collectors and art enthusiasts. Please welcome to our today's guest, Bisco Smith. Hello, hello. Hey. <laughs> Good to Peace, see bro. you. That, uh, intro. I never heard anybody read that out loud. I gotta go make some edits on that. <laughs> so so oh, good man how you feeling good brother i'm good man i'm good it's a sunny sunny day you know things things are good i'm here with you too so the vibes hey yeah, well man. full disclosure to, to full disclosure to our audience um bisco and we go back what we were saying 25 years we Nin- all 1998 are 1998 was the year yeah yeah, yeah but he said it now <laughs> <laughs> no, which is unbelievable because young old. Young old. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I like that. And so we another Pratt alum. We've um known Bisco for as we mentioned for a long long time and it's just amazing to see your growth and development and yeah, your absolutely. progress throughout this time. And of course, you and Stan have a lot of history as well. Yeah, yeah. Um so for those who don't know during um during those times at Pratt, uh, during my college years, this is pre-Hideout Productions. Uh, Bisk used to DJ for myself, Pack FM, and a ton of other folks. Um, and, uh, you know, most notably, like, Bisk actually made the made a mixtape that I was featured on that ultimately was heard by Hideout Productions by way of our boy Tomo, uh, who also shout went to Pratt. To we got to, yeah, shout out to Tomo. Yeah, we got to get Tomo on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But uh, but yeah, man. So Bisque, uh, is has always been like a a, a part of our like, from the time we met. You know what I mean? Fast friends spent a lot of time in his dorm room. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, going through vinyl and um, performing and hanging out, man. Um, you know, remember? Uh, oh, his his one to take you back. Remember uh, Four Corners oh, at Pratt? Remember? Yeah, they, yeah, man. So um, that was a hip hop organization that we uh, were a part of together. But and Rochelle was, run, was running the student union, right? And we were yeah, yes, I was absolutely. Yes, I was. Yeah, man, it's great, great times, man. But and, honest- you, and he met, and you guys met at, in your office at Pratt. What was your office called? Stan? Oh, oh, in my office. Oh, okay. I was, I was so confused. Oh, she's referring to the cafeteria. You know, the cafeteria. Home away from home. You know, absolutely. Definitely a, a ton of a ton of great uh, relationships uh, were both uh, started and ended in the cafeteria. You know, right? Yeah, man. But uh, great to have you, good brother. Yo, thanks. Man. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to see you both. I was thinking about that cafeteria, and yeah, when I got to school, day two or some day three, you walked up and yeah. like, "Yo, I heard you DJ. You want to get going?" We started chopping it up, and that was that, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy. 
It's crazy. Wow. So let's get into it. So first and foremost, how are you? I mean, I, I know a lot of us, all of us, um, have experienced um, a transition, if you will, with the pandemic. Um, we are now almost four years out of it, mm. or four years since the, the, the initial lockdown. How has it been for you these last several years? Uh, my life has changed a lot in a lot of good ways. And um, I left New York City. Uh, my wife and I had a son, our first and only child, Benjamin. He was born in February and then lockdown was in March. Wow. So wow. that was like, and you know, first time parents was very scary. And like, just, I don't think I processed the anxiety at that time, truthfully. But mm -hmm. the short of it is like that. He was born amazing, incredible, lockdown, scary, nobody around, you know. We ended up moving to the country about a year, a year into the pandemic up north in New York. Mm -hmm. Did that for a while, had some like crazy car accidents happening, just wildlife yeah. and shit. Yeah. And my wife is European, so we're, we always had like the Europe card. And so we bounced, we moved to Lisbon, Portugal. And mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I'm finally settling. So yeah. I've been on this whirlwind since basically February 2020. Wow. And it's kind of, I feel like maybe I'm balancing, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. but a lot of beauty in that chaos, you know, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So much time with my family, so much time with the art. Um, but yeah, man, you know, alive and well. And my family's alive and well. And right. The sun is shining and I'm talking to old friends. So life is all right. Absolutely. Got our blessings for sure. So now you were born in New York. Um, no. What would... Oh, you were I'm not. Born in, no, no. Common misconception for some reason. <laughs> um, I'm born in Massachusetts and okay. moved to Connecticut about ten years old, and lived in Connecticut till I went to Pratt. Oh mm -hmm. wow! Okay. And so yeah. I'm, I'm from the suburbs of I'd say like New York suburbs, Connecticut. But you know, my father yeah. was a commuter, worked in Manhattan. So in Boston as well. When I lived in Massachusetts, he worked in Boston. So I've always had like the love for the city. You know what I mean? Since yeah. I was mm -hmm. young. And um, yeah, so I moved to Brooklyn in 98. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I thought that because I remember from, of course, knowing you personally. And I was mm -hmm. like, when I was reading up, doing the research for this interview, and I'm like, oh, he is from New York? I thought he was you know, from maybe you just, New Someone York. just wrote, they just put an article out about yeah. the gallery and they just said born in Brooklyn. I was Sorry. like, yo, you can't say that. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> like, if you're not born in Brooklyn, you can't say you're born in Brooklyn. Come on. And I, yeah. I, I was their misconception, but whatever. So That is very true. For the That's record, very true. You know, Right, right, right. So, what um, what would you say was your first introduction to the arts? Was it visual arts or performing arts? It's oh, a good question. I mean, I think visually because drawing when you're so young, right? And then mm -hmm. uh, I did do performing when I, I can remember in grade school. I was the lead of a play, so maybe I like to put myself. You know, it was like that that happened. Mm -hmm. um, but like my real art journey, when I can say, is when I discovered graffiti for sure. That was like the real magnet. It was like, whoa, this is something I wanted do more of you know i think as a kid i i would i took some classes at a museum in boston i think the, the metropolitan museum in boston like mm -hmm. clay classes really young you know wow. um but graffiti really was like you know yeah so that's like early 90s probably when i started getting into that long ago mm -hmm. um, but yeah my whole life's been art and music and performing and all this kind of stuff yeah. So when would you say, um, you know, like hip hop specifically, uh, because I know similar to our guests, um, you know, who you also know a few episodes back, Tony, um, yeah, you're somebody that practice. Yeah. Shout out the concept, man. Um, you're somebody that has always uh, practiced like multiple elements of hip hop. Yeah. So when would you say your introduction to hip hop and, and um, the arts uh, through hip hop uh, began? I think I can I can remember like Run DMC Beastie Boys era like when those two tapes were out licensed to ill and I forget the mm. Run DMC tape but I remember like hiding under my bed listening to that so that's like super young you know <laughs> right yeah. uh, but I at the time it wasn't like oh I'm gonna do this you know it was just something that that I listened a lot to mm. and I always like I started writing raps really young but just like you know in class writing stuff mm. and um, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think when I discovered Tony Touch and mixtapes, that's when mm -hmm. a level went deeper. When I discovered Gangstar, a level went deeper. Those are levels mm -hmm. that, those are things that took me deeper into hip hop and into the culture and into right. 
doing things. But uh, even like in Connecticut, growing up, people would rave. That's where all the b-boy culture was, like mm-hmm. the jungle rage, you know. And so we would, I was raving, you know, not not on like my ecstasy rave, but I was like the dude smoking a blunt in the in the dance site for watching b-boys. But it was jungle music, you know. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that hip hop? I don't know, but um, probably been practicing all things since middle school, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Breakdancing, so, rapping, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, so which leads me to like your style, right? Um, and so before asking the question of like before diving into how you develop your style, I kind of feel like there were like, you know, just from knowing you and seeing your work, I feel like there were moments of seeing flashes of what would what would become your signature style, like um, when I think back to like maybe some of your earlier work, not specifically, I mean, it was a combination of your graffiti and your music, but I can't remember the name of one of your albums uh, that you put out because a lot of people don't know that you do music, too, if they're not really paying attention. But yeah. but I remember one of your early projects, you doing like this black and white color where it was just. It was this abstract, like kind of um, graph art cover. Yeah, like the first, um, the first thing I ever put out CD was was on like a, you know, the cardboard sleeve. It was just hand, mm-hmm. and uh, I screen printed just a big tag, kind of abstract on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's cool you say that because I feel that like I can look back and the style is clearly developed through all that. You know, it wasn't yeah. like a moment of I'm gonna do this, and mm-hmm. it's just always been that and finding yeah. different iterations um yeah man through design through everything so yeah yeah, oh, yeah. that's dope that didn't really answer your question i'm sorry what was the question so the question was like how um you kind of did touch on it a little bit was like how did you first develop the style and what you said was pretty much like there wasn't like uh like one particular moment it just kind of gotcha. developed yeah, over yeah. time yeah. I just always, I like writing too, man. Like every, my work's still about writing. Everything always been about writing. And I, I just mm-hmm. like writing. And I, it's like my uh, refuge. I find peace in it. I sort my mm-hmm. life out through it. I let go of energy through it. I do a lot of things. So rapping's like one piece of that writing mm-hmm. element, you know? But sure. hand style's been developing. Composition through design's been developing. So, um, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a... You know, you look back, right, and all the points connect, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, your pieces, you use a lot, of, you utilize a lot of repetitive typography, those who are have seen your work, um, mm-hmm. and we'll be showing you some, um, showing our audience some of your work. Um, would you say your pieces like, for instance, Give Thanks, Create the Future, Time is Now, Trust in You, these pieces work as almost like a mantra or a meditation, if you will, for both not only you as an artist, but for the viewer. Was that your original intent? I mean, it was never, there's nothing intentional, right, about like, I'm going to make these paintings that, that say this. But as I said, like writing's always kind of been my, I don't know what you want to call it, but I sort things out through, you know, and as an artist, I think, at least I can only speak for myself, but I go through waves and I go low and I go high and I got to tell myself often, self-employed artists, all these things like, yo, keep going, like create mm-hmm. your future. You know, these are things that I'm basically telling myself. And when I was making records, the same thing, man. Like I remember listening to records and post 9-11, I had anxiety for a long time and I would mm-hmm. listen to my records at night and that shit would like calm down. And I think it's mm-hmm. always been my own things I need to tell myself. But then, mm-hmm. fortunately, the energy can be understood by other people, and hopefully they serve as reminders to them, too, and like a blessing or a mantra or whatever it is, but an energy that, that moves things forward and keeps it bright because that's what I need, you know what I mean? So hopefully yeah. it translates. Yeah. No, it's awesome. You know, speaking... Just as put it out there, the writing is... is actually no repetition in the writing. It's very rare if you were to find something that's repetitive. The way the style's born is, you know, I'm a writer, I write. That's what I, right. what I do, I write on walls, write on paper. And at the time I was doing graphic design and I, in the studio, I had a studio in Venice, California and I would put paper up like newsprint on the wall always, especially when my work stops, there's no clients, I don't know what's next. I mean, you know, when you hit those things, you're like, oh, well, I gotta figure out what's happening next, you know? So I had these things up and I was trying to 
through my little bubbles and you know my, my brainstorms as to like what I what I want, what I'm gonna set my goals to. And I had beats on. I just started writing freestyles on the paper instead of mm. instead of the work. I just started rapping. And I was like, in the feeling, there's like a speed to it, right? And the speed mm-hmm. is the same as catching tags in the street. The quicker you go, the more exciting it is. That type of stuff, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, it's always like it's born out of free writing and freestyle, and and not out of. It's like tagging is repetitive in, in nature, but yeah. it's mm-hmm. just the style that I learned through that art translated into writing lyrics basically so it's gotcha. very rare to be like bisco bisco like i've never done a painting that says bisco 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 right got right. you okay no it's dope. But, but it's abstract and some people don't get that and some people are looking like yo that's writing and i don't even know how you can't see that the, the paintings are made out of writing but i think everyone takes what they feel and get and that's all mm-hmm. but i i think um intention is important in work and the intention is is what it is and the energy and you take whatever level you choose to get. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you often speak about energy and how um, you've been quoted as saying that art is energy and um, how the artist um, is a works as like the conduit for that energy. Do you personally practice, have a spiritual practice? Not so much. I mean, I I try to meditate when my life is in balance, but that's for like one minute every morning, you know. Um, But but I'm a believer of of energy and like universal laws, you know. And I just think, and I've seen it time and time again. You, it's all the cliche stuff. You get back what you put out, you know, all all this kind of stuff. But I believe in it. And my spirituality is like I'm going to see energy, and we attract or repel whatever our mind is. And um, so. I'm not, I'm don't follow any religion, but I also yeah. don't, I'm not anti like anybody's theory because who really knows, you know what I'm saying? Right, but right. absolutely. The, the way I lead my life is, um, yeah, universal energy type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would like to find spirituality, you know, honestly. I think life is more balanced when you have that. I'm mm-hmm. just yet mm-hmm. to uh, hit that level, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's all that we're all looking for is just, you know, like you said, finding balance and, you know, putting out the good energy in hopes of getting that in return. Yeah, oh, for sure. So we we kind of touched on it earlier, um, but uh, in addition to visual arts, um, you're a performing artist um, as an MC DJ. You also um, produce mm-hmm. um, and. Um, you have since put uh, put down the mic and mixer for like gloves and paint. I know that you still dabble though, you know, like. Um, but I kind of don't, bro. I, I actually oh, no. like I, my soul wants wow. to, and my my um, mm. yeah. you know. But uh, I made a clear decision almost a decade mm. ago, and it was mm. like, all right, this music, I love it. I put out records, mm-hmm. I toured, I made the best friends, I made things I thought was dope. Mm-hmm. But I had to look at it and think like, man, this visual art has always kept me alive. It's always paid my bills, mm-hmm. always taken care of me. And I'm trying so hard on music, you know, and yeah. I love it for my soul. But I started to, to just think like the return is coming from the visual. So mm-hmm. if I just put 100 into the visual, what mm-hmm. will come back? And and wow. I even I sold my turntables when I left L.A. I sold <gasps> every I sold a box, wow. my turntables, all the wires, all the equipment. Boom, wow. I sold it off. I did buy my turntables back, or I got them back. I got them back. You know what I mean? They couldn't go too long. Right. I was like, you know, I needed them. But, um, nah, man, I, I kind of just shut it off. And, and wow. there's times I make beats and I make paintings to them. I've done projects where, like, I'll be on NPC and make paintings to them. We talk about that. But it's less of, like, the, I'm going to put a record out type of vibe, yeah. you know? But, yeah. uh, man, I would like to, you know, if, if, mm-hmm. if I get some something rolling it gives me monthly income i'm good you know what i'm saying like i need yeah, that yeah. income and then i'm making records all the time <laughs> right right and that's what i was leaning toward when i said uh you dabble because um you know i did mention that you produce as well and i and i know sometimes you know we check in on you of course and some of the stuff you post um so like you know and i, and I remember you talking about like uh, playing around with the beats and different things like that but uh not so much like as in like you're releasing something new everyone be on the lookout new bisco smith album but more so just you know just something that like when you when you want to you you do 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, more I did on those a dope project. I, when I was living in LA, I came back and stayed in Tribeca for a couple of weeks, and I set up the MPC and a turntable in the middle of the room. And it was mm. with this company I was making. It was called Soundwall. They were making canvases that were speakers, right? Mm. So I would just make make beats every morning. I go first. I go find vinyl in the city. You know, come back, make beats, and while those beats are. Um, are on loop, I'd start the painting. And I'd made this whole series of 12 paintings with 12 beats. And that's the closest I've tied the art so far together. And I would like mm -hmm. to do more of that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, bro, I love the immediacy of painting too. Like music yeah. is, is it, I feel like I hit a moment where it just felt like a lot of work. And it felt like yeah. I had to ask people for, to do things for me, to mix things, to master. And, yeah. and like, man, I don't know. Now I make a painting, I'm like, do it all myself. It's amazing and it's done mm -hmm. and I can move forward, you know, instead of sitting on the energy. Yeah. So I think that, that moved things too, you know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. music is special, man. I think, I it think is. it's, I think it's the, um, arguably one of the most impactful arts, you know? Mm. Wow. No, that's powerful. Yeah. So, um, you know, with us talking about music, you know, hip hop specifically with hip hop turning 50 this year mm -hmm. uh, as a student of hip hop. What are some of the things that stand out to you and how hip hop has impacted your life? Hmm. Uh, all right. First, I got to go with this gangstar moment because it's so definitive. And, and uh, rest in peace to my friend Matt who put me on. But he gave me this gangstar tape, man, and that really opened me up. And I think I, I learned about like jewels and hip hop learning from hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it, it was no longer party music. It was like, oh, this is like wisdom rap. And yeah, that really yeah. like, that affected me, man, in high school. It's funny, I write these things that are like mantras and I think Guru and Gangstar made records that were similar, like that, you know, like um, Moment of Truth, let's say, that's a powerful song. And, and mm. that, that song is like uh, some shit you listen to over and over to get through moments, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I, I would put that moment, uh, Subway Art, my brother gave me Subway Art, that, that mm -hmm. book, that was a game changer for sure. Huge publication, mm -hmm. of course. Um, working with you, bro, like being with the real MC, like you're, you're the first dude that showed me like, yo, look at this tape I made. Like you made rap records before college. I remember you had, I forget yeah. what it was, but you were playing me tapes that you did the beats on, you did the raps on. And uh, that's, that's a moment, bro. I remember you were like, yo, you don't, you don't like this outcast? Like you were playing outcast at the time. I was like, nah, bro, I don't feel that. You know, like <laughs> what we did together in our hip hop moments was, was special for me, man. DJing like at the student union and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I really laid a cool foundation and to be in Brooklyn with dudes like, remember Pumpkinhead was around, rest mm -hmm. in peace. Rest I know that's your for a lot longer, yeah. you know, way deeper than me. But at the time, what was it like that whole, making what was this shit called making records or something yeah making yeah, records making record. yeah like that era ciphering outside of pratt rapping on the lawn you know and then i i got into like working in the independent scene with death jokes and i think at the time mm -hmm. you were doing stuff with um what was the label bro you and pack were on with tone deaf oh q15 q15 music yeah. so like that yeah. era where you guys were doing that i was really doing a lot of graphic design and hip-hop and that was a special time for me too like the Cannibal mm -hmm. Ox record, you remember that record? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The record was another like, that, like art yeah. level. Damn, this is a heavy art, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, bro, hip hop's given me almost everything, you know. Like so yeah. much of my life, even my relationship with my wife, it's like it's not hip hop, but we have commonalities that got us together because of our connectivity to hip hop, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, all the homies from graffiti forever, that like. like Dude, I don't know. Hip hop is everything, you know. But for mm -hmm. for my foundation, at least, I would say. Mm -hmm. I could talk about many moments. I won't. We won't. This would be a five hour podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all good, man. All good. No, I feel. Oh, how about I got one? You know, table turns in New Yorkian. Now that is a um, that that one really. That was when I was in high school. I would go and see dudes like like PD Complex. And yeah, you know, shout out the ooh, shout out the PD right, Complex, right? man. That's yeah, that's the homie. Good. Yo, here's one. Big Ray. You remember Big Ray? From yeah, of course. <laughs> Rip, ripping all, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yes. man. Shout out to Ray. Yeah. Wow. Good times. Good yeah, times. Yeah, man. Good times. You know, looking at your work, like even with this piece, like it reminds me a lot like uh, Islamic calligraphy, mm -hmm. um, where not only the words 
itself are the art, but the meaning behind the words. And so what, I guess what my question for you is, what inspires you? Like, what inspires this style? I mean, hip hop, <laughs> you know, I like, <laughs> um, nah, but I think, I think like back to the energy thing, you know, I like to, it's mm-hmm. like speed writing and you can't think, and you know, when you're on a, like what I learned through rap, ciphers and, and I say freestyle, right? Like Stan, you know, if you're, you're mm-hmm. on some cipher, like you're on a cipher, like you can't, I can't pre-think what I'm about to do. You got to mm-hmm. just you trust that when it's, you just go and you go, you know what I'm saying? And I, and mm-hmm. I, I approach painting the same exact way. I just go and trust. But so there's certain projects like this one, for instance, like this was a um, Miami international auto show. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. like, when I painted this painting, all I was thinking about was like driving through Miami and I just wrote a rap about driving through Miami and, and what that vibe is like. And, and then boom, it goes to that. You know, I paint mm-hmm. commissions or I work with, with companies and I talk to everyone, try to get their energy, try to figure out what they're about, what the company's about, what the people are about, and then make something on that. But never with anybody checking any, I just do what I do. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, mm-hmm write what comes to me freely. Yeah. That's what's up. And, and it looks, I think, okay. Like people like how it looks, you know I mean? The aesthetics, yeah. I've been working on it for a long time. So even like when things are super abstracted, it always starts with some kind of music on and some kind of moment of like, you know, when the beat hits and you feel like rapping, it's the same thing. I just stand until the right beat comes with the right intro and the right vibe and boom, start mm-hmm. rocking. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. No, that's dope. Rap taught me that, and I, I learned a lot from skateboarding to rap. And like all, all the, like I could equate, you know, like when you do six, a 16 bar, when you land a 16 bar verse, right? Mm-hmm. I would always be like, man, it's like skateboarding on a run. Like you land three tricks in a row and you slide out, and that feels amazing. You know, when you, yeah. you get through your 16 smooth, and at the end, you're like, Phew. it's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. thing. Anything, just like you get to the end, boom, and, and that's the moment's over. That's it. Yeah. Nah, super dope. Nah, that's yeah. a great analogy. Yeah, man. They, they all inform each other. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of informing people, I think it's a great time to inform folks about uh, our sponsor. want to shout out Words, Beats, and Life real quick. So we're going to uh, take a quick break. Um, we'll be back with more Bisco Smith. But right now, a word from Words, Beats, and Life. Everybody hang tight. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My name is Kalia, and I teach the DJ course here at Words, Beats, and Life. Well, I started DJing around 19, 20 years old. It actually helped me um, with my social skills. I I felt like it was way easier for me to make friends. I also was able to learn from different cultures while DJing. I enjoyed teaching people the difference between uh, house music and drummer bass. What I hope people get out of DJing is uh, a sense of confidence. I would say for myself personally, as I started getting out there on my own, I built up a little confidence in myself and I learned how to have fun a lot more and also project myself without actually saying anything. That's why I'm with Words, Beats, and Life. Enrolled in the DJ class today at wblinc.org academy. All right, and we are back. Shout out once again to our sponsor, Words, Beats, and Life. Be sure to sign up for the Academy, which is uh, actually getting ready to start up very soon. Uh, yes, it's a sir. six-week Academy. You can take everything from uh, DJ classes, MCing classes, uh, video production, um, you know, uh, graffiti art, and a long list of other classes. They have um, classes around entrepreneurship as well. Really, really great program that's doing a lot of great work in the DMV over 20 years. Uh, shout out to them. Thanks again to Words, Beats, and Life. But we are back with our brother from another mother, yeah, our yeah. brother Bisco Smith. Clap it up once again for Bisco yes, Smith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yo, shout out to Hip Hop, though. That was a cool commercial, and it makes me think about like what we were talking about before. Yeah. Hip Hop moments and like what it gives to people and how like, my whole life gave me like it's man look what it like that dude's like yo he gave me confidence and i know you're an mm-hmm. educator stan and i know you've seen yeah. it in kids time and time again you give them something like that they get nice and boom they're like it's not even about hip-hop it's not even about djing it's not even about rap it's like life confidence 
lives, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. man. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it has literally saved lives. It has saved lives. It has helped many people provide. It's created jobs. It's it's done it. Yo, hip-hop culture has done so much for the world. Um, we, we catch a lot of blame for a lot of stuff that really has way more to do with American culture than hip-hop specifically. Um, and you know, talking about like gun violence and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, but hip hop is has literally changed lives and saved lives, you know. Yes, you know, um, uh, I want to transition real quick to talking about the business side of your art. Um, as we mentioned before, you know, you have had solo exhibitions, you have um, pieces that are available for purchase, like. What have been some of your biggest lessons that you have learned? Because essentially, you're, you know, are you represented currently? Are you represented by agency? I have um, no, no agency. No, no, I have a lot of partnerships with galleries and stuff, but no, nobody does my business but me. Right. So, how? What are some of the lessons that you can share with our audience that you've mm-hmm. had to learn the hard way, and things that you've just put into your everyday practice? It's a good question. Um, I don't know, you know, I'd say like being self-employed or doing my own hustling, doing my own business Mm -hmm. has a lot of pluses and some some minuses, you know, and uh, the plus side is I I like people, so I like the relationships. And as Mm -hmm. I think most businesses, relationships, it's who you know, it's how you deal with people, how you put yourself out there, all these things. And I've fortunately been comfortable and enjoy connecting Mm -hmm. so from the art business to graphic design business to whatever business i always sort of just been out in the world you know pre-internet was a lot more you got to go out at night and figure out you know connect with people and make things happen the internet has really shifted that where it's easier to put what you do out in the world um i mean i think value is a big thing i learned and and how Mm -hmm. we value ourselves and you know, if people pay a dollar for a t-shirt, or they pay $700 for a t-shirt. And, and the world has a lot of possibility that sometimes can't be seen, but if you can see it, like they say, you could do it, you could be it, right? So, um, I don't know, I try to be a good person. I try to show up on time. I try to do the work. I put a lot of effort in. in. It's not an easy journey to get here. It's not a nine to five journey. This is a nine to 10 journey. Yeah. six days a week journey for a lot of years if not more than that um mm. yeah but it's all i i mean i lived in new york and la for a long time and i paid to play in those worlds and i would always mm. think that i'm paying high prices for that paying high prices for the studio i'm like this is the game what game you want to play you want to play yeah. so you, you pay those prices to get those, those that's that's a thing um yeah i don't i think that's some stuff yeah yeah so now, I mean, you just talked about living in um, uh, L.A. and New York. Um, and so, like, now you're in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, can you talk a bit about... <laughs> what you say? Who would have known? I don't I know. know. <laughs> here, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I remember when you made the announcement um, that that's what you and your family were doing. And it was just like, it was crazy because... We spend a lot of time t- uh, talking about other places we'd like to live, and that is a place that you know uh, has been on Shell's yeah. radar it's really, really I've heavy. Been, I've been doing a deep dive on YouTube. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of content about it on YouTube. I know that. Yeah. Oh, it's r- it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so I'm just interested to know, as someone who has like you know uh, relocated not just yourself but your family. Um, you know, and are you're still doing the, the art uh, full time? So, talk a bit about like what led to the move. Um, also, talk a bit about like what are some of the advantages of being out there? Because there are some people now who maybe live in places that aren't on the map per se, and so and they're thinking about relocating to a LA or a New York, right? Um, now, and talk a bit about. <laughs> Is is it possible for them to not necessarily be there and see the level of success that someone like you is seeing, um, or you know, or were there a ton of advantages to going that route before making this move? I don't know how the world has changed, but I think it's still important if you want to play in the majors to live where the major league, where where people 
play in the majors. You know what I'm saying? That's like big mm-hmm. gallery spaces. That's but that's there's a. I mean, Seattle's beautiful. Miami's beautiful in terms of economy and business. And um, mm-hmm. some would say New York and LA are not a good place right now, and it's better to go mm-hmm. somewhere smaller and build something. I think it all depends what what you want. I think had I not had my foundations in New York and and uh, Los Angeles, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I would have the same success. But <clears throat> there's artists mm-hmm. coming out of here, Lisbon, Portugal, are having great success. It works amazing. So, mm-hmm. but it's a it's another international city on the map, you know. So I think if you're living in Connecticut, it's going to be harder than trying to make it in New York City. But it's right. going to be harder to make it in New York City. But you, you know. Um, moving here is really a family decision and it's not mm-hmm. a work decision. LA and New York, <clears throat> excuse me, is work and that's what it's about. That's what the hustle is right. about. That's what paying those bills are about. That's not better life for my son. That's not mm-hmm. more, yeah. more chill for the family. And, um, so if I was just chasing work, I'd be in New York still, you know, because right. I love that city and I, I love the hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my family, having a son in America at 18 months old, we had to keep him out of school because of a shooting threat that was on TikTok, And we made the choice to do that. Mm-hmm. My wife is, uh, her best friend is a teacher. They were all day texting with the daughter on the line too, like really scared all day, you know? Mm-hmm. And my wife, my amazing, wonderful wife uh, for so many reasons, um, really worked hard to make sure our son was dual nationality because she, She's French, so she's dual nationality. Born and raised in, in the U.S., but, uh, you know, she's got the passport, so she made that happen for our son, knowing that, like, we should keep this in the back pocket, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, that happened. So, like I said in the beginning, we had our son in the pandemic, which was really weird and scary and beautiful and all these different things at once. We left New York City and moved upstate New York, bought a house, built a studio in there, like, tried to live that country life and not the vibe, you know? <laughs> really not secluded and um series of events a few car accidents that that were not cool at all and that, that gun thing we're like yo let's get out of here like let's yeah. get out yeah. of here when he, when we almost like my family in the car for two car accidents you realize how short life could be and how mm-hmm. how Absolutely. how fast like i had moments that like wow i don't know how we're here i really have no idea but we should do some things and live our lives because you know this could just be a wrap and we saw that very clearly um, came here and it's just less stress, man. That American anxiety. Like I'm still listening to the New York Times. I'm still tuned into what's happening with the elections and all this stuff. And uh, right. but man, I'm chill out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. My kid is thriving, and uh, the people are wonderful. And it's got it. It's hard, man. It's got hard. You know, I'm I'm on Google Translate half my day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Not with the everyday people, but like logistics business stuff you know there's a lot of business i wasn't thinking about when moving here but there's a really vibrant art scene happening here too and lisbon's got a lot of it's most happening right now so it's a dope place to be in europe and it's sunny and warm and the beach is here and you know all those things you want in life and you don't got to think about your kid getting shot like and that's so real and you got two of them in high school like i know there's that anxiety though that's like Someone told me, you know, the other day, he's like, I had to leave America because I can't. And he's got kids. I was like, man, that's a good, you know, like you got the option, opportunity, yeah. like, you, you know, I don't know. Man. It's a lot. It's heavy. It's heavy over there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah bro. Listen. You know, I'm yeah. advocate of moving in general. Like LA changed me. To move from New York to LA changed me. I don't know how Lisbon's going to change me or my wife or my family, but mm-hmm. the more we can explore, the more, you know, so why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, we we talked a lot um, during the pandemic about moving and um, and dedicated a, a lot of time um, into making it happen. I was having the meetings. Was where where were you, you know? Where you uh, we were actually uh, looking to move to Japan, and it was solely based off of the amount of relationships that we already have there. Like where where would where would we be able to move um, where it wouldn't be as huge of an adjustment simply because we have people on the ground there already and um you know between a ton of our our old friends from pratt um i wouldn't say a ton but like enough of our old friends from pratt live there uh my my partner marcus d is out there with his wife um you know other people 
Yeah, yeah. So he lives out there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we were spending a lot of time um, and uh, like, you know, investigating it, um, you know. But the one thing you learn about a lot of these places, they move at a different pace than we do here in the States. Yeah. Um, and so that really made it challenging um, to come to fruition. In terms um, of what, s- business, they move slowly, think? Um, yeah, just in terms of like, you know, uh, we're we're operation of two. So like if you ask us a question, we can get back to you same day most times because, you know, uh, we, we are the bosses. <laughs> right. So <laughs> right. There's no um, one to check with. Yeah. But for some of these corp- uh, companies that we were doing business with and trying to um, get our, you know, do it legit, like not just, you know, oh, we're going to go visit and stay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. We, we were trying to go about it the right way because we knew we were serious about staying and putting our kids in school, et cetera, et cetera. And just uh, the challenges you face, uh, you know, it helps to have people on the ground, but those people on the ground have their own lives and stuff like that. And, and then also the language barriers. And the language barrier. And, and it's just a big, the, big difference, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. So we're still we're, this is something that we, we still talk about and stuff. And it, it might not be Japan. It'll probably be somewhere else in the world. But uh, I mean, pot, I mean, listen, hey, Shell knows whatever we need to know about moving <laughs> to Portugal. This woman knows. And then we got y'all. I don't know how long y'all are going to be there, but we'll, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> right. Please do. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I thought about man. Japan too when I was in Tokyo. I was like, because I, I don't know, I love New York, but it's weird. Every time I left it, I'd be like, let's move here. Like it's somewhere mm-hmm. else. I'm always ready to move somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Tokyo, yeah. Japan seems dope, man. You know? Yeah. And again, I mean, that's how we kids, felt. Kids, like, yeah. you, know, you know, the little yellow hats they wear out there and the kids walk around. Everyone keeps an eye on the kids. Like it's yeah. special. It's really special, I can say, from living here in an environment that really cares about the children. Like in a right. way that's. So palpable man like your kid i don't know just everybody's not afraid to help your kid and help you and all it's it's, it's, a, it's a different vibe out here you know yeah, yeah it's not it's it's not yeah it's not performative right like i feel like here there's a there's a lot of performative energy about things that people claim to care about um but then you know from their politics to their day-to-day lives like there's a ton of things that you kind of pick apart their arguments based on their actions. What's the old song? It's like, I can't believe what you uh, believe what you say because I see what you do. Right. right? So. Um, so, yeah, no, I get what you're saying 100 percent. And, you know, Shell knows every every time we go somewhere, every time we visit somewhere, man, listen, it's an audition. When, when we were in Hawaii <laughs> before the pandemic popped off. Uh, I, a group of fans came up to me after the show and they and I realized halfway through talking to them that most of them were black. And I was like, hey, man, how do they treat the blacks out here? Right. Hawaii? Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, we, we were in Hawaii right now. It's not technically leaving the States, but, you know, it was different than the environment we live in. And so I'm always asking, in like, Hawaii, bro, you know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Real question too: how they treat black folks, because America yeah. is a uh, man. It's a level, you know? bro. Yeah. yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're always auditioning, so we'll see. Oh, always auditioning. We might have to pay a visit. Come, you know? come visit, you know, do the Spain, do the Portugal, the little loop, check them out. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. The, uh, it will definitely be happening. Yeah, twenty twenty four. We're gonna put it out. We're gonna put it out there. Put it in the universe. Um, just to circle back, I mean, um, you know, when we talked about, you know, working, being as a working artist and representing for the culture. Um, back in 2018, you became an ambassador of what's called calligraffiti, if I'm saying this right. Um, what is that, and what is your role as an ambassador, and are you still working with them? Uh, shout out to Shu, my my friend Shu. He's a very legendary artist, and mm-hmm. that's his uh, his term. It's a mix of calligraphy, graffiti, and it's sort of his movement, you know. And at the time. Uh, I, don't, I don't really do much, to be honest with you. And, and it, it's like just a collective type of thing, you know? But um, it's more a style than it is anything else. And I, yeah, it's my boy's thing, kind of. Yeah. I don't know how to dig into that one, but uh, calligraphy, it's, a, it's like an art movement, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or an art style, calligraphy and graffiti. And yeah, it's not too much going on that one. Sorry. No, no, that's worries, okay. No, no worries. worries. You know, with your style and how it's developed over the years, 
since becoming a, fa- a husband and, and now a father, do you feel like your style has changed? Has it shifted at all? I mean, the content has a little bit because it's more relevant to what's, it's always relevant to my life, you know? Um, yeah. But I haven't made a major visual shift and I mm-hmm. feel there's something coming. I, I got some things on the walls that are different and I'm excited about, you know, just being, when my son came, it was like go time. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't time to like, oh, let me try something new and just experiment now. It's like go time. Shit is real. You know what I mean? There's, there's, a, there's a baby on board now. But yeah. I'm in a place now where things are a little slower and I can experiment. And I've been experimenting. So a little price shift. But that's more environment than it is sun, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best thing is just watching my kid. He loves being painting, being in the studio. He's so creative and it's so beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Does he draw? Does he okay. does he paint? Every night before bed, like instead oh. of reading, we let we sit in bed and draw. And he, That's yeah, awesome. I, it's really cool. He's really good at colors and he's building things now, and uh, it's just so cool to see. You know, as you know, like it's I don't know. I I think nothing beats watching raising a child in my mind. Like, yeah. you know, I make paintings. They're so irrelevant compared to a human. Like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. make a human. That's a level. So yeah. I really am uh, every day. Is, it's amazing. Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, um, you recently uh, launched a show at a gallery in Tokyo. Was it in Tokyo, Japan recently? Yeah. Yeah. It's currently still up, right? Yeah. So one month. It was up. It's already down. Mm, okay. Okay. So yeah, what's next? Like gallery style. You get a month, you know, a month on the right. promotion. Yeah. I did a show in Osaka and in Tokyo back to back with the same dope. gallery. Uh, it was really dope. It's really nice to be in Japan and to be well received and to bring a work out there. And, you know, it's cool. So let's talk about some behind the scenes. So when you do that, because obviously you live in you live in Portugal, you're traveling with your work to Japan. Like, talk to us a little bit about the logistics of that. Like, do Process. is the gallery responsible? Are they collecting? Yeah, a lot of shipping. Yeah, the gallery puts up the shipping. I put up the time to make everything, you know. And um, depending on the partnership, we do different things and different splits, and people pay for different things, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But typically, you treat it well, you know. Treat yeah. it well. You know, artwork's moved by, I mean, Portugal logistics are a little bit tougher than America. It's, it's a, that's a learning curve for me. But fortunately, I got some good people, and yeah, we can ship things. So they basically all the artwork ships there. I fly there. We we then set it up and boom, there it is on the wall. Yeah, and how many pieces did you were displayed? Between the two was twenty five. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, but it's such fun work to do something so, just like shut the world out and work. You know, on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not always doing exhibitions. They take a lot out of me. You know, to to do that amount of work and. That, that amount of focus and then make the videos and tell the story and do all, all mm-hmm. the things that go with that. Yeah. Um, but it's dope to really focus and see see a clear reflection of like that moment. In time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I really don't, I don't ever know what I'm doing till I'm doing it. And then I start doing it and then, you know, it's like when you make a record, maybe unless it's concept record, you start recording records with a feel and at some point you're like, all right, what am I saying? For me, what am I saying? What is this record right. about? Where am I at in my life right now? Right. right. Um, wow. So what's next for you? Do you have a, any other shows, upcoming shows? Uh, I'm going to be in Miami this year for our Basel, uh, doing some stuff. I don't know if I could put it out there yet. I kind of want to wait till I share what that is, but some okay. cool mm-hmm. stuff in Miami. And I'm, I'm just trying to get balanced back in the studio. And I'm, I'm going through all my inventory. I shipped a lot here from Brooklyn, like a whole sea box of art things. So I have... I just went through so many paintings this last week. I'm trying to sort of, I feel like the pandemic hit and I just went a thousand miles an hour and I'm kind of now being able to stop, assess what I have, assess what I've done. I'm hitting a 10 year mark on, on just painting, like straight up painting for 10 years, you know, making a living. So I'm looking back at that, thinking about putting together some collection to tell that story a little bit. Uh, I'm sort of in the inhale moment is what I'm, what I'm thinking. Like, I had to write on my wall the other day, remembering to breathe or lear- learning to breathe or something like that because I'm in a moment where I'm, 
soaking it all up and coming back internal and I've been putting it out for so long. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a great moment. It's a it's on a business artist side, it's a different moment because I'm not chasing anything right now. And that is a, it's a great place to be. Uh, but you always want opportunity in front of you. But I got yeah, I have some opportunity. It's gonna be it's all good, but I have to trust that what's ahead is gonna be all good. It's like you know you know, things are slow in a in a great way. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Slow, so I can yeah. reflect. And you know, I've been saying this for so long. It's funny, like the universe, man. I've been saying for so long, like I gotta chill and just look at all this stuff and take a moment out, and everything slowed down from perfect time, so I can do it. You know. Yeah. Um, but Miami for sure. I'm gonna try to get my studio popping a little bit out here with, with doing events and stuff. I have a really nice space and big, and I, I can. Invite people and do some things back in the studio, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. So some of that, I kind of just rock in Europe a little, just staying in Europe, you know. Yeah, man. Enjoying awesome. that and uh, hanging with my family, making yeah. paintings. Yeah, man. It's dope. Trying to spend some time on boats. We'll see if that works. But <laughs> yeah. I don't have a boat. I need some friends with boats, but you know that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's dope, man. So. We've reached that time of the interview where we do our rapid fire questions. All right. Let's see, so, let's see what Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so we have five. Five, five total. And the first one, um, everybody uh, knows that you work primarily. Well, those who know you, right, um, know that you work primarily in black and white. Um, but we're curious to know, what's your favorite color and why? If it wasn't black, I guess that's not a color, right? So I'd say blue. And I'd blue. say blue because of its sky the water the nature the calm vibes you know so okay number two so you've traveled around the world um i'm gonna name some places and you're gonna tell us what's the first thing that comes to mind like what memory do you have with that place so the first one is lagos nigeria Uh, what was that like i think of this this gecko, like I saw this gecko, my the whole body work was black and orange because when I was first there, I ran across this lizard and that lizard was like, I had no time, I had like a short amount of time to work, mm-hmm. to create this body work. So I was trying to get any inspiration I could. I was like, that's the color scheme right away. And um, so I think about that, but yeah. then I think about this cat, Osa7, shout out to Osa7, who when I was there, we connected, he's an artist and he was like, yo bro, I've been watching your work for a long time. He's an amazing artist. And to know that like my energy has, touched him in Nigeria and were connected to the art was really special to be able to be and I feel like you know art's a passport you go around the world you meet people mm-hmm. but especially hip hop art like we're all connected so yeah. Yeah. be in Nigeria and be like yo man this is crazy like it, you know it's, it, that was special yeah okay next one we'll say London UK hmm. any fond memories <laughs> I don't know uh <laughs> Well, I just got all my some artwork back from London today, so I'm kind of thinking about London. But I think like working with the gallery I was out there, it's a really beautiful gallery. And the scale of the gallery was um, mm-hmm. really big. It was bigger than anything I've taken on. And to be able to to execute that and see the vision through was really dope. And London is like a New York to me, you know? And mm-hmm. going out there was the first time post-pandemic I had really excited I had left New York and was in the countryside so like out for a year and I went to London I was like yo they don't have masks on it's like COVID doesn't exist out here it was very overwhelming to be honest my last yeah. experience in London yeah. Um, yeah yeah I didn't really love it you know what I mean no no disrespect to London but it didn't move me the way other places move me but yeah. the people are always dope right I mean it's yeah. all it's about the people like I just like the people so there's great people out there and um I brought my son and my wife out there too in the middle of the show, which was really special to see little Benjamin in front of Big Ben and have that whole <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, so it's a good city, but maybe too much for me at the time. You know? okay. My last, my last go there. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and the last one, of course, your current residence, Lisbon. Mm-hmm. What do I first think of? Yeah. What do you first think of? so cliche but uh pastel donatas which are like the little things you eat at in the cafe you know and I, I see you already know because you're what you're watching youtube but I, I mean that just makes me think about cafe culture if you're sitting in a park out here like where where i live 
there's this beautiful park. It's got playgrounds. It's got cafes. You could have your pastel donuts or whatever you want to eat with your coffee or your beer, or your wine, and it's very peaceful and calm. Uh, so, yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm laughing because you you'll see so, why yeah, with the next the, question. Because the next question. <laughs> because you're from new england uh, right right right. yeah so 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 because you know but i mean this isn't new england uh um it's also i mean you you know you you spent a lot of time in new york so the question is uh uh you know pastel donata or new york cheesecake uh i thought you were gonna say pizza and i was gonna say no doubt i mean how could you even ask (laughs) that no, I mean, okay. well, you know, we we can we can. I was going. It's so funny. I was gonna say that, but I was like, pizza. you know, I compare a sweet with a sweet. But go ahead. But no. I'm not like a cheesecake guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, um, maybe I had juniors twice in my life, and, and yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go past Donato for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But I'll put but pizza. Over, I'll put pizza over everything. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we respect it. We respect it. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, man. So next, uh, which artist do you most identify with style-wise? Barry McGee, uh, Fernando Cardo, uh, Carlo Jr., a.k.a. Cope 2, uh, Keith Haring, or uh, Niall Shue? Uh, who? Oh, wait a minute, I'm saying the wrong Yeah, Niels. No, Niels, it's Shue. Uh, Niels it's Shue, Shue. Um, uh, Moment, and why? My bad. The shoe is calligraphy, right? But we're talking calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oof. I don't know, man. Like they all have special attributes that I, I think uh, I would like to have. Like to, you know, I don't want to compare myself to, but I like to. Like I love Shoe's freedom. I like him as a human. I know him as a out of all those people. It's Coke too. Shoe. Who else again? Uh, Herring and the, the other one. And yeah, Barry and McGee. McGee. Barry okay. McGee. I mean, man, I wouldn't even compare myself. I couldn't. I can't. They're just too ill. Like I'm my own human, yeah. but. I just like them all, man. They're all dope. Like Twist got the best tags, Barry McGee from back in the day. Cope, mm-hmm. Crusher, you know. Um, yeah. Chew, great, fun dude, dope work, free, free work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That's a hard yeah. one. I don't put myself, I'm really trying to put myself in my own space and not worry about yeah. nobody, not look at nobody, not pay attention mm-hmm. to me. And, um, you know, so I'm trying to get that point with age too, where you like kind of let go, especially with hip hop, like like uh, wanting people's accolades or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want this famous rapper to know I rap, or I want this famous painter. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like doing me. If I could land where those stars are, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Or yeah, surpass sure. them, I'm even greater. We'll see. No doubt. Expecting. Now, as a as. You read comics, right? Or read comics when you were younger? Not so much, no. Not, Not so, so much? much? Okay. Wow. But you could ask the question. I'm heavy on Spider-Man because that's my son. Well, it's, it, it's funny you should say that. because yeah. I, So we wanted to say, because these two characters were, are known for their art, as being artists. Or, mm-hmm. So you have Miles Morales or Kyle Rayner, a.k.a. Green Lantern. Man, I don't know. I'm just gonna say Miles because that's what's what's my what my Benjamin is playing with, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah. so I'm gonna go on his team, whatever that team is, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> so Miles is Miles. You know, he he he. You know, he um he does graph as well. Yeah, he, he's a graph artist. He's a the, graph artist. In ha, the, have you seen the the Spider Verse uh, movies? No, but I think I need to see this. You oh, definitely bro. definitely need to fix hey, that. <laughs> as, as a writer, bro. Yeah. yeah. You it's know. man where do, you, it's, where do you watch this so um you can watch um, um, the first Spider- one is i don't know if the first one is on um disney netflix plus? anymore no it's definitely not on disney plus okay. but, uh, yeah it's called spider-man into the spider-verse that's the first one the new one is in theaters right now that's called um spider-man across the spider-verse uh but bro as as your fellow artists yeah the first um, one for sure both both of them like in terms of what they do with animation bro they push the envelope and then because of the fact that you know graph is very much a part of who miles is um like the nods and stuff man to hip-hop culture um to graffiti art and um to new york superpowers like any graph writer would want that superpower bro like it's awesome cool yeah Oh yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. And great answer, great answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Regardless. Thanks. That's that's oh. what you're going to, Miles Morales. 
<laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we we were we were rooting for Miles quietly. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but uh, but last up, man. Um, just before we go, uh, we always ask folks to. You know, uh, of course, any advice that you would have to um, uh, artists that are just starting out, um, you know, we know everyone's path is not the same, but definitely sure. what, what advice would you have? My first thought is like, uh, just be headstrong, you know, sort of thinking about the mindset it takes to be an artist. And I think that's very important because it comes with successes and failures. And uh you got to keep moving forward through the failures because even, you know, the failures aren't really failures if you keep moving. But if you if, if you let it stop you, then that's the failure. I think uh, knowing possibility is very important and really knowing that many things are possible. And it's mm -hmm. just working connectivity. Like, I didn't really know you could be a painter until I was 30. And it took, it took me meeting certain people <clears throat> to see, like, oh, that's a, that's a reality. You could really do that, you know. Um, so yeah. it's all possible. And I think, like everybody says, you got to really love it because it's a lot of work. And to really stay on top and see it through and bring things to fruition takes a lot of work. So I think we're in a time where being artists is an amazing thing and it's beautiful to think about. But also, you got it's work, you know what I mean? And real work and, and uh, fun work, but you got to love it because some days it's just, it's art life, you know? It's wavy. Yeah riding waves yeah. over you know yeah wow well thank you so much for being here with Appreciate us you, this thank was you, great guys. we really enjoyed learning more about your story as we mentioned before you know it's it's amazing how you can know somebody but not really know their their journey know what their well, story we haven't spoken a long time it's really nice yeah. to see you too see you Yay. together see you on the internet raising your family and doing thank the work you. you're doing Appreciate and you, working with the youth and you know making a positive impact in the world still i mean you guys always been on it, but you're still on it and thank you for that. the time and the light guys i appreciate it you know i really do yeah no appreciate you and we'll definitely be in touch because uh like i said 2024 yeah, <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned come see my family i'll show you guys around and give you Absolutely. And any, any pre-planning information reach out please I'll, I'll share everything i know yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, that is record too. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm yeah. Go ahead. Into adultish, right? Yes. Coming cool. Coming next month. Adultish. Yes, adultish indeed. Coming. You know. Absolutely. Well, appreciate it. Excited for it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Nice to catch up. Thank you. And so, Thank just you, uh, sit tight. We're gonna wrap up with with Bisco Smith, um, but yeah. Dan? Yeah, so real quick, uh, just wanted to give you our heads up. First piece to our brother Bisque. Uh, but yeah, man, definitely wanted to give everyone heads up that um, we are getting ready to go to Awesome Con. Just a, a reminder to everyone that tuned in last week, you can catch us at Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. We're going to throw that flyer up there for y'all. Um, you can catch us at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center. Uh, this uh, coming Friday through Sunday, and we will be doing sketch pads live at Awesome Con on Saturday night from 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. So come through, get some free art supplies, um, check out our featured artist, uh, which is Alan Cole, um, who's a, a Cooper Union alum and also uh, has done a ton of work uh, for WordPress. Um, in fact, you've probably used his templates to design your website and didn't know it. Um, <laughs> but he's an amazing artist. Uh, definitely come through. And the dope thing about him is he's also a music producer that people know as Almost, uh, formerly known as Algorithm. So he'll be doing a live beat set, um, but he'll also be doing live art while I'll be doing a beat set during his uh, drawing um, exhibition. And we also have Andre uh, Smart, or Andrew Smart, pardon me, um from uh moon lair studios and um, we have two cosplayers as well as um what was it uh, karen and i um kiba and our brother navy montel uh as our figure models so we'll have cosplayers as figure models dope musicians playing dope beats while live art is yes. happening and you'll be with us with your free art supplies doing what you do so shout out to um our sponsor words beats and life for the podcast but who are also sponsoring this event along with um our partners artway alliance and also game castle um yeah yeah i think i got everything i think you got it and bisque uh, mentioned that my album's coming soon 
Adultish. You can pre-order it right now um, on Bandcamp. Grab you some vinyl. You can get you some custom vans. That's right. We got Adultish mm-hmm. vans, um, shirts, all types of dope stuff. But on that note, I think uh, we covered everything. Am I right? I I think so. I think we're good. Okay. High five for Jesus. Let the church say amen. Amen. All right, (laughs) folks. We will see you next week. Who do we have on the show next week? Next week, we have also a longtime friend, Mm -hmm. another Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm -hmm. Uh, This will be Tone Deaf. Hey, we'll be in the house. Tone out. deaf. And that was a great segue because he actually mixed and mastered. Yes, he and, did. Um, and also has some production, co-production credits on my upcoming album, Adultus. So shout out to my brother Tone. Um, looking forward to that one. Definitely should be an entertaining one because uh, <laughs> Tone is hilarious. He's a well. fool. Yes, indeed. <laughs> But on that note, we are out of here, folks. Uh, thank you for tuning in, whether you watched us uh, on YouTube or Facebook or or if you uh, are listening to the podcast on one of the many platforms. We appreciate you so much. Y'all have a great one. We will see you next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words Beats and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.